As I search for the white dove, I wonder if she searches for me. Or if my hopes of finding her are nothing more than an ill-conceived fantasy. You see... Salutations, mortals, and welcome to From the Jump Season 2. This is your host, Oaken, and today we have an insanely, insanely talented guest. I met this man back in, I think, 2008, seven around, somewhere in Cape Town. But even since then, I was like, how does he do what he does? So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Leo Lodge. Leo, thank you for coming through to the show, my brother. Please let these people know who you are and what you do. Hi guys, this is Leo here. I'm broadcasting live and direct here from Hamburg, Germany. Um, so myself, I'm a DJ, music producer um, from the age of like 14, 15. And yeah, we met in Cape Town. This was uh, uh, almost was going to be my home for the rest of my life when I when I moved there. But uh, I decided to, to move back to Germany in 2014. Um, I produced for the likes of Squatter Camp, uh, Slicker, uh, Proverb, Pro Kid, uh, even some, some uh, Mozambican artists. And as a DJ, I came to Namibia a few times as well to Vintuk uh, to, to perform there as well. Also with my partner in crime that time, uh, Fritz the Cat. That's correct. Um, yeah, but we were all based in Cape Town and this is where the, all the creative spirit happened. So yeah, I'm, I'm a music producer now, mainly now, especially during the during the pandemic, not a lot of DJ gigs are happening. So I'm really focusing on the production, creating new sounds, creating something that you own yourself, exactly. you know, that you make and that, that you that you bring out. So the DJing thing has come a little bit uh, a side project, but it's still uh, a passion in my heart. Yeah. And I'm actually in the studio right now here. So uh, uh, that's why you see this beautiful microphone, exactly. headphone setup, yeah, and everything. Let's go into that. I'm, I'm, I'm already jealous. I'm already jealous. Now, Leo, when you when you say that you're a, you're a DJ and you're a music producer, I want to go a bit more into that because when I met you in Cape Town, um, you and Fritz living together, you know, DJing at some of the craziest parties, but also the type of music that you were DJing is what also made you stand out a lot. You know, I mean, you guys are two white guys, you know, people, and all of a sudden you're playing African house and people are like, wait, what the fuck is going on? You know, and you know, especially to come from um, what a lot of people would see as a technical background, you know, uh, I mean, Namibia was, was colonized by Germans. So we, we understand how German people can be very technical and make sure that things work specifically and structure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so now to come from that and then, you know, be DJing in Africa to African house, can you tell me a bit about how that journey came? Firstly, why you decided to come to to to, to Cape Town when, when you decided to venture into the African market? And then what made you think about going into African house as the genre that you wanted to explore? Well, to, to start with the story why I actually moved to Cape Town, it was a little bit by coincidence. Uh, my uncle has a, or had an IT company in Frankfurt and they wanted to do business with a Cape Townian based company. 
buying secondhand computers this side of the world, shipping them to Cape Town, refurbishing them and selling them to, to schools or anybody who doesn't uh, have the money to afford a fully fledged new uh, computer system. Uh, and I was supposed to be going there, or I actually went there to oversee the, the project to see whether actually the shipments would arrive and all of that. So completely non-music related. I just finished my matric basically and then Michael came to me and said, I've got a job for you in Cape Town. You can come down there. And I'm like, I have no idea about South Africa. I don't know what to expect there, but hey, let's do it. You know, I'm young and free. I can do this, you know. Um, went down there and I lived in Somerset West for the first one or two months, which was kind of secluded. And I always saw Table Mountain from far away. I'm like, wow, okay, this is where things are happening, you know. Uh, and then after some time, I moved uh, into a little granny flat uh, in uh, in Camps Bay, though. In Camps Bay. <laughs> so what you do as a student, you know, you live yeah, in a tiny yeah. space, which only has one room with shower, toilet, <laughs> kitchen and everything. But it had enough for a desk and my laptop and speakers. And I could be I could be working from there, looking at the horizon and the, at the Atlantic Ocean. Ocean. Um, and really starting my getting to grip a grip of the south african music scene while i was there you know i really fell in love with the country with the with the music there and i was fortunate enough that time still through my space i actually met a few guys from cape town who came to me like you have dope beats we should meet up and that's exactly. how i met uh, Mason Black, a producer also from Cape Town, he's not active anymore, but he said, Leo, you've got good stuff. Um, we should we should definitely link up and I can show you the the, um, the ways around the South African music scene. These are the top artists you should be working with and I can help you pitch also your beats to them because it's not easy to go as an artist yourself to approach the likes of Slicker or Squatter Camp, but rather have someone else do it on your behalf saying, hey, this guy is dope. He comes from um, from Germany to South Africa. And this is how it happened, actually. Uh, we picked a couple of tracks. He sent it to, to Slicker. He listened. He says, hey, whenever you're back up in, uh, in Joburg, we should meet up and bring some more of your beats. And he picked four tracks immediately in the first listening session. Three of them made it to the ventilation mixtape number two. One of them is Kolva, which was quite of a success with the video. It has a Soweto gospel choir and Rilo is on the track. Um, and so one thing came to the other. I started DJing there and uh, mainly from, from a hip hop perspective, yes. you know, like my passion is hip-hop i started djing uh with with hip-hop vinyls premiere instrumental vinyls i would just dig them the whole time and uh, and backspin and scratching and all of that so this is really my passion but when i came to south africa or when i came to cape town and then looking at the broader music scene in south africa i realized there's so much more talent and so much more inspiration you can you can draw from there so i always felt hip-hop is a little bit or the most most of the people that work in hip-hop they are they try to it's a little bit too limited it's usually sample based you put some drums on this um, uh, format and i always wanted to do something different you know rather don't uh, uh, sample uh, play everything yourself uh, try new genres mix and match things and Afrobeat, Afro House, Kwaito, mm, uh, now Tom, Amapiano, all, all of those sounds, um, they are related also to, to hip hop, I feel. And there's so many, so, so much, uh, so much happening where, where artists now jumping from hip hop to Kwaito and, and vice exactly, versa. Exactly, vice versa. That, yeah. uh, we've, we've, <laughs> 
here and um that we really felt like it could also be a great addition to uh to the to the dj sets you know mm -hmm. fritz was more of the live programming live production uh, part i would be djing and we would mash up uh anything we could we could get our hands on you know get an acapella from here from a I don't know from from Jay Z and mix it over a Trumpy's track instrumental, you know, and mash it up, you know. It just and, have fun with it. This was just have fun with it, exactly. You know, um, I mean, um, just be creative with it. You know, do something new that you haven't heard um, before. You know, only that way you can stand out. You know, exactly. Now, 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 uh, Leo, you and Fritz. One thing I wanted to to also just touch on is you guys didn't just work with with major artists. You actually gave a lot of up and coming and smaller artists a lot of playtime and and helped them also get their music out there. Um, now, what what was it that also pushed you guys that way? I mean, you could have just kept working with the big artists that you were already you know affiliated with. So what made you think, you know what, let's let's give some of these smaller artists that at the time were up and coming. They're bigger artists now, but I, I remember being at your flat and seeing guys. I remember Bulls bare-chested, yo, wrapping his ass off in your flat. That shit was crazy, but you know what I mean? Like, what made you guys step out and be like, this is also what we want to do? Well, I mean, from an outsider perspective, it always looks like, okay, they only work with, uh, I don't know, we had Dales in studio and JR and... Uh, and and Ishmael here from Josie and and them but I mean they would only come occasionally whenever they in Cape Town you know they would ring up say hey we want to record and we have a recording session in our flat where we were still living there in Seapoint um, yeah. with our home studio but uh, we were so hungry and we we had this creative spirit and we wanted to just do things so we we grabbed all the guys that we we could think of Stan One for example mm, was yeah. the uh, Shakur Shakur um we did a lot of stuff with him and people started just reaching out to us and say hey, we want to record we want to do something don't you have a beat and just things happened so much capital k was there you were there you know elaine was there so so <laughs> so yeah it was just crazy i really i really look back at this times and uh, like uh, it was a great time that we had that time like I didn't have kids by then, you know, I could just be in the studio until 4 a.m. No one would care. Yeah, you weren't you know? even married yet. Dude. Like, everything was still crazy back then. And that's also one thing I wanted to touch on. Not, not really the marriage thing, because, you know, we, we keep family separate from the music business stuff. But what I wanted to touch on was you've played not only in Namibia, like you said, not only in Namibia, South Africa, but Mozambique. Um, you know, you, you were the first person I, I ever knew of to DJ on a yacht, like that I knew. And I never made it to those yard parties because I always start, stayed at Zara, you know, I always got too drunk. Yeah. But my question to you is, you know, getting into these different spaces, like into Zara, into DJing at a, at, at a yard party, into DJing in Mozambique, into what would you say, especially to, to um, outsider DJs like yourself that came from another continent, you know, and then is trying to make moves here? What would you say was the thing that helped you the most in trying to secure a lot of these things? I think it's a, a strategic question you have to ask yourself, you know, how do you place yourself in the market, you know, so that you don't sound or uh, look like everybody else, but but stand out, you know, for me, it was a little bit uh, a given thing. I, I come from Germany to, to South Africa or to Southern Africa and uh, I play hip hop. That was something un, un, unseen at that time. Uh, and um, I, I was really hungry. I wanted to network, you know, you really need to get yourself out there. You need to 
speak to anybody you can and see how you can get in there use different techniques get someone that you're close with to act on your behalf just like to fake you have a manager or someone at the beginning <laughs> stage you have to do that you know exactly. take it till you make it you know um and um build your following i think that's so important be loyal to your fans i remember facebook was really a big thing at that time i would make every time i would play a gig even if i get like only like i don't know at that time 500 rand or a thousand rand for a gig you know i would still make a lot of promo for it i'll create my own facebook event i'll say leo large at and then i put that's, the, that's the, correct the name <laughs> you made that shit look <laughs> official bro <laughs> you know and i said like okay everybody who writes on the wall the first five people get get guest list you know be be good to your fans and you the promoters that's what they want they actually don't book a DJ most of the times because of how great they are, but how many people they can bring they can in, bring, yeah. and how, um, because that's the calculation they have. They 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 need to advance or they need to commit to a certain uh, fee for the DJ, and they need to get some return on investment. It's a business calculation at the end of the day. If you uh, if you look at that, um, otherwise it wouldn't be sustainable that they, that they would be promoting. That's why they book big shot big shot artists, you know, because they yeah. know if they book. Um, if, it, if they book them that the numbers uh, that the queue is long outside you know as long as obviously they do the right promotion no one knows about it then it's another story but i think it's it's a mixture of that and just be hungry and and try new things especially when something doesn't work mm-hmm. don't say oh now i failed but rather switch and change you know yeah, do something perfect. new um you know, even um, good friends of mine from from Johannesburg, he 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 told me, you know what, Leo, I'm so sick and tired. You know, the hip hop thing is all the same, and I'm not getting any tractions. I've released ten tracks now. I've done all the promotion and stuff. And I told him, look, maybe your name, uh, the way it's perceived, is not right. Maybe change it to new persona. Create yeah. a new whole whole new whole new thing around you, a new alias, and try it with that, a new sound. You know, and go with that. Uh, um, uh always keep keep evolving i think i mean kanye west does it um exactly. um but but leo do you I, think that not enough artists are willing to to take that risk of of like oh man but i already put like 10 years into this persona and like no nah, i don't i don't know like do you think not not enough of them are willing to risk it for the actual goal and they're just trying to play it like safe or, or why do you think that so many have a, a problem breaking through or breaking into a new persona from knowing that like this other one isn't working i mean you have to jump over your own shadow i think i mean to to leave something on the side and say i'll do something completely new um you have to start from scratch a little bit but it's also an opportunity you know you leave away all the uh the positive but also the negative that might be attached to your name you know i mean even for myself i thought okay leo large is really a a name more for the hip-hop side maybe i should start with a new name and just produce uh um different genres you know um um i'm now producing a lot of afrobeat afropop as well which is being uh, used for a lot of tv shows and adverts also in south africa like like nice. sabc one two three etv cool. and um they they they, they 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 because i produce for a music library they uh, they pick from there it's background tracks uh, okay. um a lot of people don't know that i've made it because it doesn't say who who who, who produces it but um uh, a lot of youth programs and so forth they they need music and uh, the music industry is so huge and it's not just only what's on radio and what's on tv there's so much exactly. more and 
the the sync part which i've come to to love so much in the last probably five or eight years is where you sync picture to music um especially in in tv uh in uh, tv adverts tv programs uh, films and so forth you know they all right, need music right. and they're not always pick pick the pick the big household names but there's other tracks that they have to place within their programs that they that they don't have to pay i don't know forty thousand rand to, to 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 get the license exactly uh, but but um, but there's still, got, there's still to, something there in it for you yeah no no exactly definitely. and and especially now with streaming being accessible to so many people uh it's it's just technology is is our best friend you know new tools are are popping up left right and center now you can release your own tracks to spotify and, and all of them you can push them to editorial playlist through spotify for artists you can do your own promo you don't per se need a record label anymore to get those things done you know obviously a major record label would have major budgets to to promote the promotion part is the, the big part at the later stage but um you really need to try new things and uh, and be hungry i think and be ready for success i think that's the main thing that i see that a lot of people don't take it too serious they think i can i can just play a few gigs or make a few mixes uh um no it's, it's it's way more you need to package it right you need to have a biography you need to have some good pictures done you need to have think about your name you need to make make the whole yeah, package you, right that like take a professional you, exactly t- uh, approach it a little bit as a as a business because it's the music business in a way um um but it's like it's like you're at a bottom level here and you will stay there and at one stage it will go up you know and when that when that stage comes uh you need to be, you need to be ready so that when the first request comes and say hey do you want don't you want to play here want to come to the radio show send me your epk your electronic press kit that you have it ready and you can just drop it out and uh it looks professional that just gives an impression you know it's it's marketing in a, in a way and you have different touch points where you can interact with your audience and it all creates a whole um a whole story around yeah they get they get more value out of it and and going into that leo i mean when you went back to germany now you know as you said you you're now producing music that's being placed in tv shows and on videos and everything you recently got a new job right you you recently recently i mean like two weeks or something last week there there we go (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) so can you tell us a bit more about what that entails and just how it came about because that's actually quite crazy what you're busy with well the job that i'm doing right now is um creative music producer it's not composer you mustn't confuse producing and composing it's two different parts a composer would write the chords or the lyrics maybe put it down but a producer will take that and create a whole great thing that you can actually release they would run the recording session they would arrange it they maybe book other uh, session artists mix it master it and all of that uh, so that's a different expertise than just the composition part um and i really felt this is something uh i'm really good at uh, and i would like to do this as my full-time job as well um i worked since i got back to germany i worked at, at different jobs i mean i worked at advertising agencies um um big shot advertising agencies. I worked at a music uh, catalog. I worked at a a music supervision company, um, more on the licensing part. Also, 
also creatively uh, oriented, but I, I wanted to work with uh, with logic, with with recording, with microphones, with exactly. guitars, yeah. and 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 sitting in the studio and um, not just doing uh, the 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 admin part of, of things. So um, I, f I feel like I've now reached back to to where I actually always wanted to be. You know, a little yeah. detour, <laughs> but it, it's really it's really helpful because. I also got this job because I have experience in the advertising scene. I've got connections there. Um, so I've now managed to create this profile of mine, which is music expertise, advertising expertise, music licensing expertise. So when I say music expertise, I mean creative part, I can um, produce music, um, advertising, licensing, English speaking, very important now that, you, uh, that you're able to, to speak to composers from all around the world um fluently so this is a this is a connection of of uh, of skills that doesn't come uh that, that not um the the full package so um this job i actually got it um because i actually did an internship before i came to africa i did an internship at this company when they were still um, they, they, they still had a different uh, name for this company, but but the owner is still the same. And I was I don't know I was 19 years old, and I did one 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 month internship here. And last end of last year, I, I spoke to to the owner again, and he said, Leo, we're actually looking for a creative music producer. Here's the job description, and I read through it. I'm like, this is me, this is me, this is me, this no, is I got me. This. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got this. You know, needs to be good in logic. You know, needs to have a good understanding of the music creation process needs to know about advertising um so i'm like okay here's my cv and he's like wow this is impressive let's talk and uh it really didn't take take long um until i quit my old job and then uh and it ended up here um, that's, that's one thing i also wanted to touch on was was um your, your old job you were was where you were at radio yes well i that radio was more of a of a hobby side project for a local uh, radio station we did like a once per month uh, radio show which was then repeated twice um pre-recorded pre in the studio um uh, it's called nur rap uh, which is only rap basically and we would always invite artists into the studio interview them speak about their upcoming releases and i would uh, be the host and uh, produce the whole show as well so it's um it's an hour hour long but uh, i realized that time is really really scarce and you need to focus on on a lot of things so yeah. um that project has has stopped but before that i was i was working at a music uh, supervision company originally from london called uh, big sync um and there it's uh, it basically you must, must think of it like if a, if a brand wants to license Ed Sheeran for uh, for the advertising campaign, um, their agencies, the advertising agencies, don't usually have the exper uh, expertise to acquire and negotiate the rights for it because there's publishing, there's yeah. master rights. On publishing side, you don't even know how many entities are involved on there that I want to have a say. Maybe someone who only holds 2% of the song says, no, I don't want to be affiliated to this brand. So this whole deal will just go out uh, in, um, uh, will, will not happen. So it's, it's 
it's it's really it's really interesting and uh, you really need to uh, think of it holistically know the licensing and uh, and music rights um, spectrum quite well uh, it can be quite nerve-wracking when you when you start uh, dealing with negotiating with uh, with publishers because uh, they are the rights holders they That's can ask right. for whatever they want it's there's no set fee this track for this usage will cost this much no it's a free market free negotiation um whatever leverage you have bring it in but uh um yeah there's a lot of money that uh, that goes over the counter there but you see now leo that, that that that's that's actually very fascinating because you literally started at one end of of a musical journey and then learned about everything like from how to produce, how to put together like an actual show, how to market this, to the licensing that goes on to like who holds what on 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 you know per song, so you literally went the entire journey of what the music industry entails, and learned those yeah, skills lo- along your journey of going. Man, why don't you start your own label? <laughs> Who knows? Actually, I've I've started a small um, PTY Limited in Cape Town. Um, yeah, so that's uh, it's called Lead Music. Um, I'm running this with my with a with a with a partner of mine, and we keep producing uh, for for TV uh, um, TV programs. So okay, that's, that's, I'm actually that's awesome. busy 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 mastering a new project. Uh, it's twelve tracks. Uh, it's it's Afrobeat uh, mixed with hip hop. Uh, instrumental it will also be released on spotify and uh and so forth uh but um i'm, I'm really enjoying producing instrumentals right now because dealing with artists no offense but especially when you deal with big name artists it can be a tedious process um when they, <laughs> they, they <laughs> you know if you run your own project and you do everything yourself you can do it at yeah. your own pace you know yeah. but I remember looking back at uh, when when you have to deal with Gallo Records and so forth. Then the manager comes into play. Then the label and the artist and so forth. Then it's just for one track. Um, you'd have to do so much work. Um, you have to produce the whole track. Obviously, they have it has to get picked. Um, you have to negotiate on the contract. You have to export all the files. Maybe you have to mix and master the, the whole thing, arrange it. Sometimes you have to record it and. The, the amount of work that goes into creating a whole song um, uh, is quite extensive. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoy it, um, but I felt uh, for my given situation, um, uh, I would re- I want to produce a little bit more instrumental music. So also, you don't um, have to deal with the egos. Like let's let's say say it like it is. All artists have fucked up egos, and, and they all want to fucking throw the toys out of the cut every time. No, I want this. I want this. I need to get a bottle yeah. of alcohol first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at the at the end of the day, your name is not even most of the time is not even written on top there. You are somewhere down at the credits. If someone actually has the booklet or actually clicks on song credits or researches it, um, um if the artist was kind enough to actually register you on on those on those on those uh, on those songs so there's there's a whole legal part of it um that uh, doesn't make it uh very easy for 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 beginners i mean i still speak to so many uh so many artists uh that don't know that you can actually keep your copyright of your song that the rights of your song um 
um, and produce for someone else. You don't have to wave everything, you know, because when the song blows up, you actually get your you're entitled to certain rights. Yes. Through uh, in South Africa, uh, Samro. I don't know uh, in Namibia. I think it's Nascam. It's Nascam in Namibia. Yeah. Nascam. Uh, I heard different opinions about Nascam. You know, like uh, without the net, it's just a scam. Something like that. You know. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> because artists don't really get get any kickbacks from there you know but uh for me samro has been great you know like um, yeah. gema in germany is different you have to actually have to pay a membership fee and i know a lot of artists that don't even recoup this membership fee in a year like they pay 50 euros membership fee wow. and the fee they get back it's actually it doesn't recoup the 50 euros so you actually have to pay on top on but, top but samro Samro, for example, doesn't charge for membership fee and they have a retirement uh, fund as well mm -hmm. and uh, they're getting more and more sophisticated. I mean, looking back 10 years ago, the online portal was really terrible. Yeah, but now I remember can, using can... it. It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. good. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, but I mean, they have... So, look, the thing uh, is with Samro, at least, you know, look, and... <coughs> sorry. Um, the, the, the problem also with the NASCAM thing is to get your, your money for things that are played in South Africa, you get me? Or like in another country yeah. that isn't Namibia, becomes a bit challenging. Um, and that's why most people just one time off register with, with Samro and then do NASCAM afterwards. So you can kind of yeah. just try and cover your bases if, if possible. But yeah. um, as you, you can, said... You can choose your territories. Uh, exactly. You can choose your different... Now, CROs, now you can. Uh, Remember back then when we started with Samro, it was really difficult to like even understand how to freaking fill yeah. in these papers, man. That shit was a lot... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notification of works. Damn. That was, was the my oh, shit, I, yeah. <laughs> Every time you release a song, every fucking time you create one. Yeah. It's, and it's a lot of admin, you know? It's a lot of admin keeping track of your stuff, making sure it's actually listed. Um, and to, to close the circle, you actually need to ideally you need to find out where your song is played ideally you should be on tv and radio the whole time monitoring it you know there are programs that cost a lot of money that can do it for you but if you're an up-and-coming artist you can't afford that you know and if you see your song played on on, on tv you wouldn't even know to wait know where to start on finding out where to where, get the license money? from you know yeah. where's my money you know yeah. it's, it's, it, all of a sudden your song appears in a tv ad which happens a lot of times unlicensed music uh, mm -hmm. uh getting placed and if it's especially from a from an from an independent artist it doesn't have a proper representation with people that know how to approach and track track this um the artist gets nothing at the end of the day and it's at so sad day, yeah. i see that a lot of times uh artists get exploited uh through that you know and i, I in namibia I, I i still hear from producers look just pay me my fee and you can do with the track whatever you want because that's that's the way um because the, 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 the um, actual industry hasn't grown right like if you think about it if the industry yeah. had grown the way it was supposed to then that wouldn't even be a comment that would come your way because people would understand their licensing rights and how how that was supposed to be worked out with an entertainment lawyer or somebody that would be able to get them there but and yeah. as you said it's just because the industry is not there yet now this is a question that i actually wanted to bring up with you in regards to the industry since you've been to so many different places what are some of the differences that you saw in the industry that could help other countries i mean you've been to many different countries where you've played in and of course produced in so that's that's why i'm asking you this question what would you say for some of them is what's what's holding them back um 
good question good question let me let me think about it i mean um the infrastructure is uh is obviously helpful you know i mean it, germany you would think it's the it's the one of the most advanced technology wise uh countries but i can tell you gamma is really tedious you know it's <laughs> it's a lot of people are really ha hating it because they you don't know how they actually distribute their payments it's very intransparent you know um gotcha. and and um not just because it's 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 in germany everything is right you know there are there are a lot of un uh, unreleased payments that go into the wrong hands you know i mean latest example is the whole google uh, or youtube and gamma agreement that they had a couple of years back um in germany a lot of videos would be flagged and say this content is not available in your country in your country yeah in your country and uh because uh youtube didn't have the gamma uh, license uh to to distribute that so uh, they they agreed on a on a on a on a deal where they could uh get i think yearly payments or so forth no one knows the actual sum but then really it's um the the the, the messed up part the fucked up part now we can swear yeah 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 go that, ahead and fuck these people <laughs> that, that that the videos are be, that being played on youtube uh are way different to what is being played on tv and on radio okay. but what they do is they take the shares that or they look at the the usage on tv and radio and now they use this payment from uh from online and they distribute it according to the same as being played on radio and tv so you can you can imagine the artists blowing up on 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 online in, uh, in online spaces don't get as much because as much. their songs are not playing on radio and tv so um to go back to your question i think um I mean, if you want to think at Southern African countries, I think it's important that that a country has a PRO to to, to protect artists, and I think Sanro is leading by example. Now, recently, here, uh, what's his name, Proverb, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, um, uh, joined the board of of Sanro, and I think it's great that. Shout out, um, and I think uh, that's great that an artist actually joins uh, an organization like that to to view uh, view the problems and view the vision holistically you know and um i think uh, in germany we could actually uh, have more of that influence on our end and i think samro is doing a great deal um nascam could maybe learn from samro mm -hmm. gamma can learn i think um and i think uh, there's so many opportunities i mean you can't compare um uh gamma with samro or south africa with germany directly or namibia with germany the country is so different the the, the way people consume music is exactly. way different you know exactly. like uh, up to a couple of years ago people didn't even have broadband internet and uh, and had to download mp3s so they can re-listen to the track you know i used to do that you know <laughs> now you have now you have a yeah now you have a streaming subscription you pay your 10 euros a month and you can listen to all the music in the world as many times as you want yeah. uh, so music is being consumed so differently you know and um you just need to find your way into the market to, to create noise uh, in in that in that mix you know so um look at look at it individually that's what that's what i'm that's what okay, I'm no, i fully understand what you're saying now now leo um let's get to some of the questions because those questions that i was asking you was just off the cuff questions so let's, let's get to okay. some of our actual questions right so um for these up-and-coming artists you know as i said you you made a way to imprint yourself on the cape town and south african music scene <laughs> sorry i stopped smoking cigarettes man 
it's messing with my throat. Um, yeah, you it's should too long. Or you did stop. No, I stopped. I start like mm. after shit, how okay. long have I been smoking? Almost 20 years of smoking cigarettes. I, I haven't touched cigarettes in almost a year. Like I don't buy cigarettes. I don't try yeah. if I'm, unless I'm drunk and <laughs> you know, oh yeah, let me have a cigarette. But like, nah, nah. Other than that, we don't we don't smoke. So that's why I'm always yeah. coughing. But um, what I wanted to ask is for these up and coming artists, that, especially ones that are trying to move from one country to another country with their art, you know, as you did. Um, what would you say is one of the if, if only one piece of advice that you were to give them that would be the most pivotal? What would you say is that piece of advice? If you're an upcoming artist, uh, try and get a friend of yours to act on behalf of you and do your research and target countries or outlets specifically. Like there is a big wave in Europe and America now. That's what I feel for, for African content. Agreed. You know, more and more, more and more major labels are setting up in Johannesburg and so mm. forth. So, I mean, Beyonce just released an Afro Afrobeat album. Has what is Burner Boy on there? Yep, uh, Drake featured Black Coffee, DJ Maporisa, um, um, Nasty uh, Nasty C. Yeah, Nasty C uh, is up there. Yeah. Nasty C is up there. You know, it's uh, there's there's massive uh, um, attention to to south african market or the southern african or african market in general i mean nigeria really at the forefront um Definitely. I, i mean i would say use the internet at your disposal don't be scared of looking outside of your territorial boundaries mm -hmm. and um there's so many translation tools you can have websites translated with a blink of an eye now and see maybe you can approach them you know yeah. do use use facebook Well, not so much Facebook anymore, I would say, but maybe Instagram, use that. But there's LinkedIn, there's other other platforms um, um, that you can use to connect with people and, and approach them and say, hey, you are an A&R of this label. I've got this artist that I'm handling with. Um, and then have your have your, your background story uh, in check, you know, a little EPK ready that you can you can send out and go out and, and speak to people and see uh, how you can connect with them. But I think the the res you need to invest a little bit in research to to, yeah. to know who do you want to speak to, uh, and what you want to pitch to a person. You know, um, I think that's that's so important. And and just go out there and and connect with people. You never know who will who will actually uh, be interested in your content. You know, exactly. uh, the other part obviously is 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 perfecting your art. You know, don't go out prematurely when you just have one beat that's a minute and a half long and it's not even properly mastered and uh, no, it won't uh, reach much, much attention because then all the research and all the all the approach um, that you're doing is it's for nothing. So package it right, make a little EP, four or five tracks is enough, you know, have an album artwork, you know, have your, have your, uh, your publishing information ready that if they say, Hey, this is interesting, you know, uh, send this to me and no just re research, research for, for new tools out there. There's, uh, there's a playlist submission, um, tools that you, where you can pitch your playlist to, uh, to any of the, um, uh big big name playlist i mean that's obviously involved with some sort of costs you know yeah. uh but get get your stuff out there uh upload the upload it onto onto spotify uh, uh apple music and so forth because that just looks official you know if someone can find you there even if it doesn't have so many so many streams as yet it's just it's already there it's accessible it looks like you got your ducks in a row in you know room. um 
I always tease my friend who who always wants to be an aspiring artist. I say, you're not ready for success yet. You know, <laughs> be ready for success. You know, make make your groundwork. Don't just expect this to happen all of a sudden exactly. from from nowhere. You know, and I, uh, I I think that is one of the main things. And just keep going. You know, you will stay at a low level for for a very long time, uh, and then it will it it will go up eventually. You know, I, I, I mean, just keep adapting and, and and keep 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 trying. Yeah, work, I think that's work, work and adapt. Work and adapt. <laughs> just keep keep yeah. at it. But 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 obviously, <laughs> the most important part is that you obviously uh, are motivated and you're interested in what you do. You know, then and that you really that you want to grind, you know, you want to hustle. And I think that's important. You know, you don't want to just do this for the money, but you want to do this because you, you, you love doing it. And I think that's the underlying factor. You know, you can, uh, you can really see if an artist just does it for, uh, um, for perhaps earning at a later stage or whether that artist is actually fully committed and, doesn't doesn't actually care if if if, uh, if the money comes in or not you know that shouldn't be the driving factor behind it you should want to be able to uh, or you should want your music to get out there because you want people to hear it you know and um there's so many tracks that are, are left on hard drive never released you know they they send it to a couple of friends and then they go on to the next track you know <laughs> I, I, that's, probably, that's probably the biggest biggest um biggest problem that that tracks never get released you know and uh, sometimes you take so long to to finish an album then when you're done with it you're like ah it doesn't really sound, sound. like my cut yeah. you know uh, let me rather do something else and then and then just drop it release it you know even if it's half ready you know i, I always wanted to be perf perfect and that that was my initial uh vision you know have it perfectly done it needs to be 100 uh, but hey just get it out you know and and go on to the next one i think that's that's an important uh people you heard it first from leo lodge get it out there drop that music don't wait on it any longer Get it off your fucking hard drive. Stop saving all this shit on your hard drive. Okay, wait, yeah. Leo. Here's something else because I wanted never to just know. touch on. You never know who, who might actually hear it. You exactly. Know? Um, exactly. And back back catalogs are really on the rise now. You know, like uh, people are okay, mo mostly from the hit, from yeah. the hit um, composers. But uh, there are millions of uh, of dollars and euros uh, leaving leaving uh, swapping swapping the uh, the rights holders uh, because. People have back catalogs. They have exactly. They have stuff. And and and, and that's it's, actually it's what your, I wanted to touch on. Um, especially with this new space with cryptocurrency and how all this is moving with NFTs and stuff. A lot of people are seeming to push out their back catalogs with royalty deals that they've written into these NFTs. So a lot of this is now starting to come up and a lot, as you said, technology is starting to move. Um, now what I wanted to touch on is as you said, you don't use Facebook as much or you wouldn't advise up-and-coming artists to use Facebook as much as you would LinkedIn. This is something that I've been trying to touch on because I don't think people understand that LinkedIn isn't for your friends. It's for people that don't know you yet. Whereas Facebook, they already know the music that you're doing. Those are your friends, right? So wouldn't it be, in your opinion, more beneficial to move your music or whatever content you're creating onto places where people don't know about you yet as opposed to where they already know about you? Oh, definitely, definitely. You should always try and extend your reach, definitely. And I think looking at Facebook, you're more um, targeting the actual listener um, of your music. 
you might uh, your, your fans it's a great tool of engaging with your fans say so is TikTok and uh, Snapchat and Instagram uh, but 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 LinkedIn is more in a, in a marketing sense you would call it B2B business to business you you actually uh, find someone else you convince them of your product and they can multiply what yes. you have they have another network that they can spread it out to and that's what LinkedIn is great for you know you you'll find so many people on there um you you can research you can search by country you can search by position you can search by company that they work at a and r is uh is probably the the position you might want to want to uh, target as an upcoming artist, artist you know uh to, um if you want to get somewhere on a on a label but even um for uh i think for radio promo you can identify the the right people working at a radio station if you want to get to yfm or so so you, you can actually see okay you go to yfm company profile and you see who works there and then you have the playlist curator there or the music producer or the um Or, or so forth and you you approach them on a on a personal and individual level don't just send them a copy paste text that you've you've done and <laughs> hi without the name <laughs> my music and start a conversation it's a little bit like dating you know you're not gonna go to a uh, to a beautiful lady and say hey uh this is me do you want to go you want to you want to go to me or to you you know you're gonna you're gonna start the conversation a little bit small talk you know ideally be interested in um what they've been doing you know i've, I've seen this release you know this is really uh, aspiring i think you you will be interested in the music that i want to pitch to you can i send you an email or uh, can i send you a link or something that you can listen um start the conversation small and build it up i think that's very important same uh, I, li i like this dating comparison you know yeah, it's, a no, yes, so it's a very good comparison and you know what? you've touched on so many different things there from you know making sure that you actually also look like a business when you are approaching businesses so that it's a business to business thing and not i'm here to beg you to please help me type of thing you know yeah. and also just ensuring that you you reach audiences that aren't your audiences per se they need to hear your music or get to your music but they can't if only your friends know about your music right and that in itself is meaning you need to put yourself out there as artists you need to, that's that's great advice leo i'm not gonna lie to you that's that's amazing advice now let's get to some of the nitty-gritty some of that because we, okay. we already had 50 minutes you see what i'm talking about like time fucking oh, flies shit. on this shit bro <laughs> it flies <laughs> now Cape nice, Town. we have a lot of stuff to talk about exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying Cape Town, we had some crazy times, but what I want to touch on is the the most fun you've had DJing. You've DJed at so many venues, so many places. Can you narrow down your top two or three, either towns or venues that you like really enjoyed playing all of your years? I think right on top is the gig that you actually mentioned right at the beginning, the yard party. Uh, I don't know which one you're re referring to. I didn't make any of them. <laughs> No, but we had one small one in. Uh, oh, you never made one, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, but I remember in Cape Town we had this really small with a catamaran. It was only like 30 people, mm -hmm. but uh, I was actually booked for uh, Rock the Boat once at the last episode that Rock the Boat happened. Uh, this boat that leaves from Durban goes to Mozambican uh, Portuguese island and comes back. Um, that was probably the most fun we had. Uh, it's like a three-day trip. All the big shot artists were there, um, Fresh Euphonic, uh, Tear Gas, all the uh, JR, all of them all were there. Of... Um, 
all of them were there and we were booked there. I mean, we didn't have the prime prime slots, but uh, Fritz and I, we had probably like four or five gigs there at different times sometimes at 11 a.m people are just waking up or are still awake on the on the pool deck you know <laughs> blazing hot 35 degrees you know in shorts and, and people are in the pool um already drunk you know because it's it's it was this mutual space people yeah. from all over southern africa come to one place and it leaves the the country like leaves the the peninsula and goes onto the water people felt so 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 uh, how do i say relaxed and, and uh, free. without attachment and yeah. free yes young wild and free and party was just everywhere in the elevator on the staircase everywhere you know <laughs> there were so many parties happening at the same time um it was quite hard sometimes you would only sleep three hours and you have the next gig and you yeah. would really use that time um but that was a that was a really great experience um but looking back at the at the early times uh, the uct parties wow. uh, that uh, <laughs> that really had started yeah yeah that's that's actually where it, it all basically started you know like i had a couple of promoters that put me on on uct parties freshers parties and and uh, little side parties that they would have and uh, then they booked the big artists as well but you would warm up to warm up for them and right the vibe there was just amazing they would they, they would just go nuts you yeah. know like I, I i i still i'm every every single party was just amazing you know and um the promoters did a great thing i mean what are they called black cherry for example i worked a lot with I, them I can't they don't remember. exist anymore <laughs> i can't even remember those parties were too crazy i wasn't even at uct but it was at all the parties i mean it was too crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the big big festivals are great when you're on a big stage. But I yeah. I I like I like it more confined in a small space. You know, um, if you're on a big stage and it's just out in the open, a lot of energy just goes uh, nowhere. You. you know, but yeah, it, like like for example, there's a club or there used to be a club in Johannesburg called Cool Runnings. Okay. Um, down, uh, downstairs, they had an underground basement, and it was such a low, uh, uh, low ceiling, and yeah. and it had this this vibe, which just it was just amazing. Like you were in, in this basement, and it, I pref I prefer that vibe. You like eye to eye with the people, people. and uh, you can, you you can just, feed you, off you, of the energy. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You can, you can you. feed off the energy. So that that is for me the uh, the best best setup. Uh, okay. The big stages are great, but you really put on a pedestal. You're up there. It's great, but uh, not my favorite. Got you, yeah. got you. Now, now, Leo, you and Fritz, you guys were together for so long. You guys did many, many, many shows. You know, as a, as a duo, as a group, you guys just did a lot. Like technically, I didn't even know when the fuck you guys ever got time to sleep because you were always either working, DJing, trying to go do something else, hustling on something. How did you guys meet? Did you guys meet before you came to 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 South Africa, or did you guys meet when you got there? And how did that friendship actually we, we met, foster that? We met very early in our lives. We were like 14, 15. Oh, shit. Even before before I came to uh, to South Africa. And uh, I was part of a, of a hip-hop band called Kotsa Process. Um, short process? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay. We were really short. We were the youngsters. So it was kind of a little bit of irony, you know? Oh, but, right. I get you. <laughs> What someone says is a, is a saying like you you are uh, how do I translate it? Um, uh, like if 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 you have a problem with someone and you just want to solve it and and, and 
solve it real quick you make sh- you make a short process and yeah, yeah short process that's it. that's literally it's short process it's that's where it is yeah yeah so yeah so um i was the dj there were three rappers and uh he was friends with the with the rappers and okay. he's he came into the team he started also producing we started making music together we were together in a studio there and um uh, that's where the friendship uh, really fostered making beats together you know that really connects you in a way and when i left to south africa in 2007 um obviously we were kind of separated but he want, really wanted to also leave germany for some time to do like a little bit of uh, to do something else and okay. we have this um freies soziales year free social year after you're done with the metric you can either do it in in germany help at the um i don't know driving the ambulance or, okay. or delivering food or some social work you know or you can do it overseas you know and there's even this these programs that send you overseas and i got him an invitation from uh, um from the red cross in cape town okay just a letter and then that's enough for for the funding for the flight and some uh, uh some monthly stipend for him to come to cape town and he says cool i'll come you know i organized that for him and he came through and we, we moved into a flat together and um that's where it basically basically started. He was an, a volunteer for uh, for Red Cross, and uh, I just started studying, basically. And then he you also guys really hustled studying. the whole fucking thing. You just hustled it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It just happens, you know. If you really perfect your art and you really work on your craft, you know, people will, sooner or later, as long as you make sure you get out there, um, pick up on it. That's that's what Definitely. I that's what I feel, you know. And uh, I think you you need to work on your sound a lot. Try new things. Compare it to what's out there. Make sure you get up there to, to the sound. So people can come to you and say, "Wow, this sounds like it's up there. It could be on the charts," you know. And that's when you know, okay, uh, you actually have a shot maybe at at competing with the rest. Now, now, Leo, look, I've known you for a long time, so I know you're, you're a really cool, calm, chilled guy. But I know also that artists are fucked up, you know, and people are fucked up so what was what was the thing that used to really piss you off about being an artist in cape town like there has to be something that really used to get to you just one thing that you were like fuck man this damn thing again <laughs> like what was that one thing for you uh i think dealing with uh promoters is one of the biggest headaches mostly as a dj um <laughs> Uh, oh, I can shit. I can sing a long song about it. You, you are, I can see that you already have your had your experience as well. But I think um, I don't know. Promoters want to. It's very stereotypical. Not every promoter is the same. They are also great promoters, but especially unknown promoters that just start off, uh, and that there are a lot of ways things can go sideways. You know, you agree to a fee. No one pitches up at the event. You played your 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 you said, you did yeah. your part. You did your promotion or whatever, and you play your set, and then they say, "Yeah, but no one picked up. Uh, no one um, um, uh, paid for for entrance. Yeah. How am I going to pay you? You know, and stuff like that. Or um, they they forget to put the venue on the flyer, and and <laughs> you know, little things. You know, it's um, exactly. It, it's, uh, it's it's they, uh, it's they so many things it's it's event management in a way and you need to take it seriously and if you uh, if you want to book someone you need to also um, co- um stick to your word yeah. you know and uh, especially up, up and coming promoters i had i had good but also a uh, bad experience with it but i think a lot of djs can I, I think I think a lot of you will attest to that same thing of promoters fucking over or fucking up shit because they just don't pay attention and they want money. 
Um, and also that whole thing of like, yeah, no, nobody paid interest. Dude, that's not my fault. You should have promoted this thing better. My job is to play music. <laughs> that yeah. rest of that shit isn't me. Now, yeah. Leo. But I mean, um, as, as, a, as a side note, uh, for everybody who's dealing with promoters, try and agree to at least maybe an upfront payment of 50% to your fee or so, so that you're at least covered for the basics. If you have a working relationship with someone and you know you can trust them, you don't need that. But maybe at the beginning, try and get some sort of security that the, the work that you put in, because you left, you, you put in all the work and time and you would you would actually make a loss at the end um, exactly. if, if, if a promoter just uh, just disappears on you. The creatives out there, you heard it first from Leo Large. Charge something before you give something. Like you, you need a deposit of some kind. Something that's going to say, yo, I'm not going to get screwed over again. Like <laughs> people screw over artists yeah. all the time because you guys don't take each other seriously. Now, Leo, as somebody that deals with artists, that tries to help, because I've seen you help out artists with just trying to give them advice here and there. And you know, some take it some don't now when you pivot from one from one um what's the thing that i want to actually say when you pivot from one skill to another so from djing you, and you go into radio and you go into do you take that same um attempt to help people get further with you or do you at some point be like look guys i can only do so much for you if you're not going to listen you know because I, i've seen you try and help out people in cape town and then they don't they, they think they know better so they just do their way and then they don't even come back and say, ah, oh, yeah, Leo, I fucked it up. Can, can, you, can you help me? So that, that's my question to you. I always like to give a little bit of input and help someone. And it's like a gift that I give, you know, say here, I, I think this, but you can do whatever with it. I don't get upset if you don't do it that way. Maybe you don't agree or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but then don't, don't come back to me complaining, you know? <laughs> so... Um, um, that's that's basically that i mean i really um um i really love help up and coming artists you know and uh, but they once you start engaging um they they you 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 slowly uncover uh, all the parts that maybe this this person or this artist doesn't know yet and then you're like okay do you know about about uh, performance rights organization no i don't you're not even registered no i don't okay let's look at that you know do you know about uh, mixing and mastering or distribution or uh, contracts and, and so forth there's so many facets of it um and to be true I, i'm not a master of, of everything but i know a, a, about a lot of things a good amount that I, I i can i can navigate around it and wherever i can i mean giving handing over some knowledge is is the least i can do i think Agree. I mean, that's, that's 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 how we help other people that should have helped us, you know? If everybody would have just given off a little bit of knowledge, it would have moved a lot faster. Now, uh, Leo, since we are coming closer to the end of the interview, just before we get to the last questions, can you please tell the people where they can get a hold of you, where they can email, call, ask you for assistance, send you money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can give you my PayPal. No, I'm just <laughs> Uh, well, you can listen to my music on Spotify, DJ Leo Large. Um, I've got some some tracks there, some a lot of instrument, instrumental, Tom, Afrobeat, hip hop. Um, it's listed there. An album will be coming out soon. Um, um, Instagram as well at Leo Large in one word. Uh, Facebook as well. I'm I'm not so much on Facebook anymore because it's, I think there's so much spam there, but uh, I still have that. But um, mostly Instagram, uh, I think it's a good good way. And uh, yeah, 
tune into uh, the Spotify tracks. Those are the two two platforms that I use mostly at the moment. Now, now, Leo, I'm I'm sure you're still looking. As you said, I mean, you've got a lot of other things that you're doing. You're a dad now. You've got you've got a business that, or you've got a business in Cape Town. You're running. You're doing things yourself in Germany right now. But when do you think would be the next time that you, again, COVID is here. But when when are you foreseeing as the next time you'd be able to play a set? And would you like to play another set somewhere else outside of Germany, or, or would you like to keep it within Germany for now? Um, looking at my family situation, I would probably uh, be based here a little bit more. Uh, I don't actually know when clubs will open up, or maybe there will be an outside performance that is that is being made possible. Actually, a couple of months back during COVID, I played at a Venissage, African art Venissage. I played a soul Af Afro beat uh, set, um, but due to COVID, you had like yeah. at the at one time you could only have like 10 people in there and then once they go out you have another you know but it was it was it was really great uh, african um african art that was being uh, showcased there so I, I really wanted to do that um but let's see i, I um i would love to come back to to cape town or to, to namibia whenever this is possible you know but i feel like shifting my focus more to production i um less dependent on um on the time and place where you play a set gotcha. but rather produce something and release it and people can can listen to it in their own time and um you create something that stays forever you know it's out there and it stays there you know a, a dj said if it's not recorded it's it's that's the beauty of it it's in the moment it's right there and then but then next weekend you go to another event and then you might have already forgotten you know so yeah, exactly. um um, and I'll, I also want to build a little bit of a legacy for my kids at a later stage so that I can say, hey, your daddy released 100 tracks or so forth. We did this. This is, this is uh, some, We did this, you know, and at a later stage, maybe record my, my daughter. She's now four and a half. She loves singing, you know. Uh, four and a half already? Really... Yo, these kids are growing. Bro. Yeah, four and a half. <laughs> yeah and yeah and the youngest one is two and the uh, and they're both starting to sing and learning lyrics and i'm teaching them all these old school songs and it's so much fun with them and um my dad is a guitarist he plays a lot of uh, songs with them so really at an early stage they got um got influenced with music and actually started uh speaking language through music you know like exactly. uh, my youngest daughter she's she's two and she's now singing a b c d e f g uh with two years like what <laughs> you know the full, full abc because she has this on this on the stupid microphone where you press this button and it just keeps singing this exactly you know, it's getting on my nerves but she's a... <laughs> but she's learning i mean we were eating sand when we were two year olds <laughs> it's a whole different yeah. Yeah, we didn't have access to this, you know, like uh, tab tablets and iPhones and whatever you have, you know, my <laughs> even came so far that I showed my daughter a Polaroid picture once and and she wanted to zoom in or she wanted to <laughs> pay it, you know, like, no, that's not how like it that. works. <laughs> now, Leo, actually, that's a very, that's a, let me ask you this as our final question before I let you go. The way that technology is currently moving and infiltrating the music business. Where do you see this moving forward? Because I, for myself, I, I see a lot of problems, especially like I mentioned with these NFT things, for labels. You know, if artists are releasing their own contracts attached to their music, it, 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 it messes a bit. But uh, my question to you is, of course, not just now, but in the future, where do you see that integration of technology and music maybe moving us to? I think it's going to be a, uh, a trend of decentralization. 
in a classical way, the big majors would hold the the biggest amounts of uh, of, of rights and uh, control the um, the music scene. But since technology has enabled so many artists to do it at, at their fingertips, you know, yeah. production um, uh, uh, software is getting better. You know, um, I mean now uh, if software you click on a button and an ai scans your audio and <laughs> attaches all the all, all the, the mastering things. effects to it and it it, it 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 it's sounding amazing so uh i think people are being being enabled more and more and can release more and more you know and um that's that's what i think is a beautiful part and i think streaming is definitely gonna be on the uprise i think once uh even i mean now first world countries have already probably integrated most on it but it's slowly starting to catch up on on other other parts in asia in south america in africa you know yeah, people are being having access to all of that and uh being able to jump to to any sort of website or news uh, website from from across the globe and getting information or inspiration from there you know take this in you know and and make the best out of it and use these, these tools you know every day new apps and plugins or whatever to learn music to distribute music to promote music get acquainted to it and 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 see what, what you can do you know um post it and and test it that's what i think and uh um i think major major labels will unfortunately have to uh, give away a certain certain fair share of of their power that's yeah. what i believe you know and independent artists are definitely growing Oh, yeah, no, this is the time of the independent artists for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first here on From the Jump from Leo Lodge. Leo, thank you so much for coming through, my brother. It's really a blessing to see you. You're looking good, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You too. Thanks, you too, bro. Thanks. My hopes of finding her are nothing more than an ill-conceived fantasy. You see, I constantly think about one, yet seem to dream about another making it almost impossible to visualize myself being with